thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to our lives. And today we have someone very special to us, and we are, she's actually interesting right now because she's actually on the next day. She's actually a few hours ahead, and she's already in a different time zone. And so welcome to the show, Dr. Sarah Ferrant from VitalMoms.com. Thank you, guys. It's lovely to be here and sharing with you all. Sarah, we met uh, a long time ago, about 13 years ago, when uh, I was a student, and you were a student as well, I believe, back in uh, Bournemouth in England. It was fantastic to know you then, and uh, throughout the years, you've been really traveling all over the place over these uh, last 13 years with your husband. Um, you've been, you know, you've been practicing in Australia, and you've been now practicing in New Zealand, but you also have this beautiful website called Vital Moms, and you, you've been, uh, I believe you actually hit the number, Amazon number one bestseller with your book called The Vital Truth. Tell us how you got started with that, because I know you got a great story about regards to how you discovered about The Vital Truth. That, well, that one goes back to about 2005, actually, Lawrence, and I woke up, um, actually, it was the 17th of February, to be exact, 2005, and I woke up and I had this vision to share uh, vitalistic philosophy with the world and how it relates to health, and um, I'd, I'd had a sleep in the afternoon, I'd put the, the two boys down to bed, and I woke up, and I, you know when you can wake up from a what you think is a dream, and you have this storyboard going on in your head, and so I grabbed the closest piece of paper I had and I just started writing down all the thoughts that I had and I'd written one word in capital letters and it was book and I looked at it and I thought no way there's no way I want to write a book I'm a mother of two little kids I'm in practice and it's the last thing I want to do given my history of English going through school which was not very good you know just barely passing English and um, I then remembered back at in in college um, Guy Reekman, talk about Kaizen. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but Kaizen is started in the Japanese automotive industry, and it has to do with finding um, your next step, basically. So if you looked at the storyboard of what I'd written down, the Kaizen theory would have you say to yourself, well, what would be the easiest, most consistent, and gradual step that I could do that would get me towards the goal that's now been you know, kind of revealed to me all the goal that you set for yourself. So it was book. And then I just set about, um, bought a laptop and sat down and I wrote. And surprisingly, I, um, you know, I think I sat down for the first time and I wrote like 3,000 words. And then I thought, well, I'm well underway now. I can't turn around and, <laughs> and stop, a, stop the book. I've got 3,000 words. I only need another, um, or at, at that time, I think it was about 37,000 words, and I'd have a book. So that's how it kind of got started. And two years later, the, the book was birthed. Fantastic. Well, the book, I mean, you also have this story. I remember you telling the story on stage once because you've been on stage with regards to a whole bunch of people um, with you know, uh, Joe Dispenso, Joe McCola. Um, it's you know, a fantastic lot of the people you've actually <laughs> been been on stage with. But, you know, you talked about this thing about um, the fever issue. I remember those, you, I think it was that, uh, you had a story about your child with, uh, you came home one day regards to, I believe it was, uh, was it a nanny? I can't remember which is what it was. Could you just kind of explain that story and how it kind of, why it was so important to you? Yeah, sure. I, we had a nanny who was in our employ for two years. 
And I had thought that I had kind of educated her quite well in our approach to health, which of course is no vaccinations, no medications, um, consistent um, adjustments from birth throughout their life. So we were, you know, I was educating her. I'd given her my book to read, etc. And then one day I was sitting on the phone with a client and she came into the house and she kind of looked a little bit disgruntled. She had the two little kids with her, Anae and Rui, our two, our two youngest, and our eldest was at home in bed um, asleep with, a, you know, a health, what I call a health expression, what other people would call sickness, um, with something that he had created. Anyway, she came in and, and uh, um, she was in the kitchen and I said to this client, you know what, I've got to go, the nanny's here, it kind of looks, seems a bit strange, her energy. And she um, was in the kitchen, she went to the freezer, got some frozen fish out, put it on top of my eldest son, pulled the dunas, doona off him, and as I've walked into the bedroom, I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, do you know your child is sick? And I said, according to who? And then she pointed at Rui, our middle boy, and she said, do you realize that he has a temperature? And I said, according to who? Because we don't have a thermometer in the house. You know, this, the house that we live in here has this little old medicine cupboard in the bathroom and it has toilet rolls. So we don't have anything that tells us um, what's happening with the body other than the questions that we may ask um, our children. So she's obviously placed a thermometer in his mouth, said the temperature was really high. And as a result of that, of, of her saying to me, she's really sick, what are you going to do about it? And me saying, according to who? She said, I don't have you know, any other choice but to call child services on you if you're not going to do anything about his fever. Oh, my that? I'm just, I'm going, yeah. wow, this is crazy. This is kind of crazy, yeah. Well, and it's really intense, too, to go through it because it's when, when it suddenly happens and you're sitting so far in a different understanding and paradigm of thought to where that person is, and that's not to say that she's wrong because based on her understanding and her training of health and where it comes yeah. from, she thinks that she's right. Yeah. And so I'm sitting over here in this other, other way of looking at health going, no, 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 that, that's not how we see health. That, that would be an illusion. So she's saying he had a fever. I needed to give him medication. To take it, to take it down. I'm saying he doesn't have a temperature. She's gone ahead and rung child services. They've called us within an hour, and then we were placed on this. It's like a. Um, a how do I say it? Not, yeah, it's it's like the child abuser list for denying the right to a child for medical treatment. You kidding me? And so oh. yeah, your your rights to your children actually go. That's amazing. So, so, it, Sarah, can we um, yeah. just backtrack a little bit here? Just, just because I think yeah. a lot of people will get into this, uh, this right at this point, they'll be going, "What? Hang on a second. What did I miss? What did I miss?" Let's just. Yeah. We'll start off by saying there's multiple different health paradigms in the world. There's a paradigm uh -huh. which is what's considered to be mainstream, and that's uh -huh. what say 90% of the population follow, uh, yeah. and that's where somebody gets a temperature that goes above 30, some 30, 38, is it? I don't know. I don't take, I don't take temperatures either. Um, mm. And they get given something to bring the temperature down because they think that they might die if the temperature gets mm. higher than 40. Now, we yeah. had 45 degrees in Melbourne the other day. I, I, I know my son didn't die. And uh, no one was given Panadol to decrease the temperature of the planet on that particular day. And, uh, and people survived. So um, what you're saying is that a health expression is the body's ability to mount a response, for example, bring up the temperature to kill off a virus or to bring the body into a, a state that it can actually manage uh, an infection or whatever it is 
and mm. obviously you watched it. It didn't go up fast. It went up over a short period, over a longer period of time. Um, and your model of health in this case, which is what all three of us share as well, is that you ex you allow the body to express uh, health by fighting the bug itself, and you support it through. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. But here's the irony of this. The irony was that she was saying they had temperatures. So let me share this example with you in case you, the audience is holding on for this piece as well. Let's say, that, let, let's say that all four of us go and have a barbecue at, at one of the local parks, right? So yeah. we're all there at the barbecue. We've all got young kids and they all find this tree that they want to climb. So we're all watching them, and let's say I'm there um, with, with uh, your kids, um, Brett, and you and I are standing at the barbecue, we're having a chat, and we're watching our kids. Now, my kids have run off to do something else, but your kids are still there. You're turning the sausages for me, or, or for the party, and I'm looking at your kids. Now, I'm standing there watching them climb this tree, and inside me, I'm going, oh, are they going to be okay? Uh, are they going to be able to get to the next branch? Should I say something to Brett about his kids. Now I then build up this anxiety looking at the children climbing the tree and then I turn to you and I say, Brett, are your kids okay climbing the tree there? And you take an immediate quick glance and you're like, oh yeah, they're fine. Yeah, climb, because, love it. Because who knows their kid better than anybody else in the whole world? And, and I'm sure all three of you are sitting there raising your hand right now, that's, but it's the parents. Yeah. And so when she, this is the irony part of it, when she came in and she said, your children are sick, I said, according to who? Because I wanted a frame of reference for that. And she had taken Rui's temperature, and I said to her, they don't have temperatures. Now, she had wrong child services and said that Rui's temperature was 39. I absolutely begged to differ. So the only way that we could get off this list was if we took our children to a medical doctor to have their temperatures taken. Despite the, the arguments, the calmness, the conversations, the, the, the health conversations we were having with child services, taking care of lots of kids on the island that, that, um, that might be in a similar situation, etc. Um, they didn't, you know, it was deaf ears. You had to go, you know, this particular process in order to get off. So I wanted to get the, the appointment booked as close as I could to having her make that statement to prove that my kids didn't have temperatures because I know my kids better than anyone. Yeah. So sure enough, we go in and they take their temperatures and not one of them had a high temperature. It was 38, 37 smack on, which was Rui's one, which she said was 39, and Anais was actually 36 point something, point eight. So yeah. it, 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 it raises that question, doesn't it? How do people look at health? Yeah. yeah. So, so what, what should parents be doing? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you're suggesting parents need to you know, take a bit more personal responsibility for their kids and you know, have a bit more of a proactive approach to their kids' health. Is that what you're suggesting, Sarah? Well, you know, I, the parents that I um, chat with, the parents that come to me, usually come because they're so frustrated. They've either been in a situation which was similar to myself and, my, and, and the nanny, or they're really frustrated because they're doing that whole definition of insanity, the same thing over and over again, and they're not getting the result that they 
you know, would expect to get, which is that whole definition of insanity that Einstein had. And so the way we start at Vital Moms is we say, okay, well, let's have a conversation to find out where you are right now with your understanding of health. So let me share this example with you. Let's, because it's all, you know, you've obviously got the wellness guys and you've got nutritional um, information as well through through your podcast. So let's do it from a nutritional perspective. Let's say, um, in terms of how someone interprets health, let's have a look at a family recipe. So we've got the, let's say we've got the, um, uh, I don't know, uh, I was going to say Italian family with banana cake, but they don't make banana cake, do they, in an Italian family? That would be bolognese sauce. Let's just call it bolognese sauce. So we've got the great-grandmother that makes this amazing bolognese sauce. There's no recipe for it. It's not written down. But she passes the way that that bolognese recipe is made to her daughter, which is now, let's say, the grandmother. The grandmother then passes it to the mother. The mother then passes it to the child. Nothing's actually said, but it's all done through actions and observations and perhaps language that we've seen this recipe pass through generations to generations to generations. And at the end result, it's all bolognese sauce. But the way I make bolognese sauce is going to be completely different to the way this family recipe and this other family makes bolognese sauce. But the end result is, is that they're both bolognese sauce. Mm, So mm. the question is then, how was health passed on in your family? What was not said, but what was um, passed down almost by osmosis, you know, observed or by um, the actions what did you do? Were you molly? Were you molly coddled when when uh, an accident occurred or a uh, um, uh, a health expression uh, inverted commas sickness was created? And were you then rugged up and placed in a car like I was at the age of ten and driven immediately up to the medical doctor, which said to me that I'm actually incomplete in some way and I don't have everything within my body in order to create different states of health. That actually my life is outside of me and I have no control over it. So what, what are these little observations that we have that occur in our life that create this family health recipe? And it's, I don't think it's till we start to uncover that that parents then get to see like, oh my gosh, there is another way that we can actually see health. You know, I, was, I had this same conversation uh, yesterday morning, Sarah, and, uh, and I was out for breakfast with Amber. Um, a guy sat next to us and he decided that um, despite the other 15 other people in the same environment that weren't smoking, he was going to light up and have a cigarette. And I, was, I, I nearly lost it. I nearly lost it. And then we got talking about uh, a number of different things. And I said, you know, how is it that you can get into trouble for making health, health choices about protecting your children and X, Y, Z? Let's not get into each of those things right now because it's a different sort of conversation. But someone can just come along and, and light up a cigarette. And then I got onto a, another conversation and I said, it's interesting that over, you know, since Hippocrates' times, all the things that we've learned, all the things that we've learned about the health of the body, about the way in which the body responds, Everything that we've learned has been summarized and dumbed down to be about a five or six year course, which is now called medicine. Unless you try to study something else that's considered alternative to medicine, even though it comes from the same collective thought over the last 400 years or so, whatever. And, uh, and so now, unless it's taught in medical school, it's not, it's not spot on. It's not true. It's not correct. It's uh, something that's kooky, wacky, crazy, um, and it's complementary and or alternative or somewhere way out there on the ether. But I thought to myself, isn't it amazing that we're losing t- a touch 
with all of the amazing things that we've learnt and understood over time about health and well-being and we're being channeled down one particular line. And what you're saying with Vital Mums is that you're, you're teaching people about how to look at health differently, put different goggles on, how to, you know, I suppose, understand what's happening to their family through, different, through a different set of goggles. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But here's the beauty of it is that we get to hold your hand too. So what, we, what we've done is that we've looked at well, what's, what, what's the philosophy of the allopathic approach? What's the beliefs? What's the idiosyncrasies? What are the processes? What is, what's the language? What's the dress? What's the design? What's the look? We've looked at all of that. And we've put it under what is then titled allopathic. Whereas when we break down the language, which I think gets really interesting, when we look at pathic, pathic actually in Latin means remaining passive. And then you start to say to yourself, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because when I do enter into an allopathic approach, I am remaining passive to the creation of my health. In fact, my health is placed in someone else's hands and then I can start to lay blame and, and um, you know, et cetera, when, you know, when you go through all the different bullet points that are associated with the allopathic approach. And then we looked at the alternative and we said, well, okay, well, what's the, what's the, the belief of the alternative? What's the belief? What's the um, idiosyncrasies? What's the look? What's the language? What's the design? What's the policies? What's the process of the alternative? When native in Latin doesn't mean whole and it doesn't mean natural like most people think. It actually means offering a choice. So then you start to say, well, that's really interesting because anything that's not dispensing drugs or medication of any kind is placed into the alternative bucket mm. where all you're doing is offering a choice. That's all you're doing that's different. You're using the same philosophy, using the same, philosophy, using the same language, policies, processes, um, design and deliverance. Language is still the same, but all you're doing is offering a choice. Yeah. So, so Sarah, if, if I've been brought up in a family, for instance, and, and let's say it was a family that wasn't that healthy, maybe the philosophy we had around health wasn't as good as it could be, um, you know, I'm sure you know, plenty of our listeners will reflect or, or you know, feel that way, what are some action steps they can take? Like, what can they do to start to turn this around, to start thinking differently and acting differently about their health? Yeah. Well, the first, one we, the first step is always, in vital months, is defining what is health. Because that has to be a start point, doesn't it? Because that's going to be a springboard for everything else. If we don't understand how somebody's frame of reference is for something, then um, assisting them is more challenging. So that's the first thing that we look at is, well, how are you defining health? And we touched a little bit on that on the family recipe in terms of your understanding of health. And then we look at, well, what are the definitions of health based on Dorland's medical dictionary and based on some um, study, uh, uh, my own little study, um, and I'm sure it's flawed in many different ways, but I packed up my two kids, if I tell you this one quickly, I packed up my two kids um, when I was living in Queensland, I went up to the local shopping mall because I wanted to ask people, what's health? You know, what does it mean to you? And you know what, this was the top five responses. Health is about having no pain, no signs, no symptoms, eating right and exercising. And I was like, wow, haven't we been indoctrinated to think that health is about how we feel and nothing to do with how we function? So we address that at Vital Mums after we've looked at, um, you know, defining health in a different way for people. And then we look at what the health illusion is. 
this whole illusion where we cross some arbitrary line, which is different for every single person. It's, it's unique as your, your, your thumbprint, which says that now you'll go to someone to get something to take something away, which will pop you above that line again. Now, all of a sudden, you have your health back um, because health is about how you feel and not how you function. So we look at this illusionary understanding of this indoctrinated definition of health, if, if, you, if you like. And then we look at these health approaches, and we touched on two of them, the allopathic and the alternative. Um, but I also then thought, well, you know, chiropractic doesn't sit in the alternative bucket. Not at all. And so I plucked the chiropractic profession out, and I gave it a name, and I said, I'm going to call it the alternate. And then when I started to look at Nate in terms of its definition of the Latin derivative of it, and Nate actually means inborn. And I said, well, that's fascinating because now we have the allopathic remaining passive. Then we move to the, now I'm going to give you a choice. And then we move to, it's all about you and it's all about the inborn. And it just fitted absolutely beautifully. So we take people through that journey of looking at those different health approaches. The challenging part, guys, is how do we get people to live it? Because it's so easy to understand intellectually. But to put it into practice becomes a lot harder. So, Sarah, Sarah, what can people do? Like, if they're, they're, if they're wanting to know, you know, how healthy they are, how well they're functioning, um, you know, what can they do to, to find that out? Well, what we, what we established at Vital Moms was that we took what, language is another thing, you know, because people are probably hearing me say this whole health expression, but the language of the alternate obviously is very unique to the other two um, approaches to health. So what we did at Vital Moms is that we, we, uh, we broke down all the different age groups. So we've got, um, uh, we've got infants and babies, then we've got toddlers, then we've got children, then we've got tweens, then we've got teenagers, adults, and the elderly. And I thought, okay, well, what's the most common health expression in each of those age groups? Then we, after we worked out what the most common health expression was for each age group, I said, okay, well, what would you do if you were sitting in the allopathic approach? And I then went and looked at all the over-the-counter medications, what the active ingredients were, what the side effects were, um, what the brands were, and we did that for the USA, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. And then if, if the mum's like, oh, I don't want to do that, underneath it is the alternative approach. And then when we surveyed all the vital mums, it came back with the most common areas that they would use would be homeopathic, aromatherapy, and naturopathy. And so we said, well, what are the most common um, suggestions from those particular professions dealing with that particular health expression? For example, let's say ear infections. And then if the mum was like, I don't want to do that, then we've got the alternate approach that says from a physical, chemical, and emotional, and a neurological perspective, this is what is, is going on or could be going on. So we give the mum at every opportunity this, um, this kind of this safety net. You know, it's like the Buddha say, you know, if you leap and the net will appear. It's like if the mum joins, she's taken that first step to leap and we absolutely hold her hand, you know, through monthly calls and conversations to say, you know what, we're here. Let, let us support you in taking these steps to looking at health in a different way. And you know what? Some parents fly through it because they are they they they're, they're, they're right there. 
Yeah, they're ready. They're ready. They're, they're primed. They're so frustrated that they want something. It's almost out of desperation that they're making that that move. It's and such then a good thing. Other... It's such a good thing, Sarah. I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I just want to get in there and just say oh, this no, is, it's, such a, it's such a great thing that this service is actually available. That Because a lot of people out there, they go, oh, you know, Damon Lawrence, Brett, can you write us a book that we can go and, you know, get access to all this sort of stuff? How do we learn how to be more holistic in our parenting or... How can we make better choices? And there's people out there that are listening to this podcast. It could be yeah. 70 or 80 or 100,000 people at the moment listening to this right now. And they're going, I've got to get this, I've got to get this book. I've got to get this information because I want to take my family down this, down this pathway. And it's nice to know they can start somewhere. I know Lawrence has got some questions. Yeah. Thank you, Brett. One of the things that Sarah is that you deal with, I mean, hundreds of moms, you know, obviously in your, in through Vital Moms. One of the, what's the number one challenge that these moms have to face you know you you teach them all this stuff but then there's uh-huh. always a, uh, there's always that one challenge that you know might be their friends or their family that you know tell them what are you doing and what what is that number one challenge you found with all the moms that they come up with and most importantly how to overcome that the biggest thing is trust okay trust trusting from the, trusting themselves trusting themselves absolutely yeah, and I'll be, I'll be. the next part that comes underneath that that kind of sits there as this little basket almost hanging the trust is confidence Mm. because for so long they have stepped out of their own intuition as as a mother or a parent and gone to someone who is deemed to be or perceived to be more educated than themselves to tell them what is wrong with their child so so working to unravel that is one of the um, greatest I find at Vital Moms one of the greatest challenges, but it's also one of the most rewarding when you get emails from mums that are just so grateful that that they you know move through this particular fever that their kid might have had a week or so ago, and and they're just so grateful that they could um, speak to someone that wasn't going to judge them about what you know what um, what they were doing or what they hadn't done or hadn't given, and and to slowly start to build that trust again and that confidence. Um, in the parents is, um, you know, that's, that's where I feel that I'm with my greatest service yeah. is, I mean, is assisting those mums. You're so true. I mean, we, all of us, I mean, every single one of us on this call, and I'm sure the people listening to this call will have gone through that process of doing something that is different than everybody mm-hmm. else. And you're going to get hit with sort of the, you know, the oppression or from someone else is saying, you're just doing it wrong. And we all go through that and we all have to develop that trust when it comes to our kids. You know, you as the parent have to take every responsibility to learn as much as you can. Um, that's why I mean, sure, that's why people are listening to the Wellness Guy show is to take those knowledge and to be able to empower yourself. And it's not something that comes, you know, all of a sudden you listen to one podcast or read one article and like you're empowered. Like it takes, you know, it took us, you know, a lot of years to kind of develop that confidence and certainty. And it comes from a lot of reading, a lot of research and listening to different people. Like we, we tell people to listen to sort of what we talk about, but also find out for yourself if that's the truth. I mean, this is the truth for us, but I think it's really yeah. important that they go out there and actually, you know, validate that truth with other resources resources as well because you know we all have different experiences in our life in, in terms of parenting we also have different experiences in terms of how we were raised so it's really important for us to kind of find out the research i mean it's all in the tip of your hand it's called you know google right you can yeah. really find out anything you want and and, yeah. and find some certainty about that so that's great well, uh, so, and also, uh, i was just going to add lawrence what you said and because vital months isn't isn't only serving 
the mums um, and a few very smart dads, I can say that. All of you are included in that. Um, but the, the, the path that has suddenly become open um, at Vital Mums is working with health professionals and a health professional capacity, but also privately with them and their families as well, is how do they put this intellectual understanding that they know so well, how do they put it into their own family? Because sometimes it's like the builder that never has the completed house. Sometimes it is, I go to work and do this, but I come home and I live a different life. So how do we um, you know, bridge that gap to make it congruent? And the health professionals, it's been wonderful because what we're looking at now is being able to establish um, an opportunity that... Um, uh, practice members can all come together in one place and then we can have myself that's beamed in to actually do the education via a Skype call with the practice members. So, um, uh, you know, we're working with it at the moment to see if it's going to be something that will be a success so that we can get the vital mum's understanding beyond kind of four walls, if, if, if you know what I mean, and, uh, and reach more people. Well, that's fantastic. Listen, Sarah, thank you yeah. so much for all you do. I mean, it takes someone like you who's, you know, passionate and, you know, empowered by your vision to be able to create this change for people. And really, without you, you know, the parents are going to be stuck, you know, living their normal lives. And uh, oh, obviously, like you. you said, your favorite quote of being Einstein, doing the same thing over and over again is that the definition of insanity. So if you want to know more about Sarah... Uh, and Vital Moms, go to vitalmoms.com. Uh, she also has a special website, a social link for our listeners uh, where you can actually get some free gifts. It's uh, vitalmoms.com forward slash the number three gifts uh, with an S. We'll put that uh, link on our website on our summary. So go to thewellnessguys.com. Make sure you, make sure you, you know, comment below this particular episode and tell us what you think and tell us what your thoughts and maybe you know, how you have come across uh, the allopathic model and maybe you had some challenges there. Most importantly, go to our Facebook page and take care of the conversation there. We'd love to hear from you too. Like always though, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and check out our new shows on the Wellness Couch. we got a lot of new shows coming up in the next few months and so it's going to be pretty exciting. So until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.